Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Have you ever wondered if you are the narcissist in this relationship? Maybe you've even been accused of this by your abusive partner, or maybe you've just seen glimpses of it within yourself. That is not unusual, and many victims go through this. There are very distinct reasons that you see signs of narcissism in you and your children, and they have to do with these survival skills that we've been discussing in this series. No, this does not make you a narcissist. I want to explain to you in this episode why you see these glimpses, what really is happening, and what to do about it. I'm Renee Swanson, your host of the Covert Narcissism Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I want to ask you, if you find these podcasts helpful, I ask that you hit the like button or the favorite button, depending on what kind of media you're on. And if you're in a position to offer a sponsorship, even for only 99 cents, this helps to cover our cost when we all kind of join in on this together. And it helps to continue our mission of helping others. We appreciate any and all support that our listeners provide. Now, I want to talk about narcissism itself. Narcissism is a learned set of survival skills that become one's entire personality and their way, their only way of interacting with their world. Let me explain what I mean. And I want to use the traits from the DSM list for the narcissistic personality disorder. So we're going to run through this list, and I'm going to kind of explain what I mean. Narcissists build survival skills, and they are interacting with you through a set of survival skills that they have, but they they can't distinguish between when to use those skills and when not, and that's why their, their reactions to things don't seem to match you know, what's going on at the time. So let's go through this list. Number one is they have a grandiose sense of self-importance. So they exaggerate their own achievements to make sure everyone thinks they're amazing. And we've gone through some of this list before, so I'm not going to go into as much detail here. They seek validation from others of their own importance and value, and this protects them from their deeper feelings. These feelings are fears of being inferior, fears of being worthless, and they can't handle that. And when we carry a fear that we don't matter in this world, we can mask it with a survival skill. And that one of those survival skills is an exaggerated sense of self, uh, it just, they of self-importance of, of how much they matter. So they're so fearful that they don't matter that they go to the other extreme and they matter so much. Well, where did they learn? They don't matter. Many of this learn this, many of them learn this in their childhood from narcissistic parents or domineering siblings or bullying peers You know, they were made to feel that they truly did not matter in this world at an age that was too young to see it from a mature perspective. So instead of realizing that they do matter just as they are with no prerequisites and no accomplishments, instead they built an interior world of self-importance. And they seek to validate this from from those who are closest to them. So so they have to build themselves up. and, And again, this is a survival skill. Uh, The next one is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. Well, this goes right along with that grandiose sense of self-importance. Now they have fantasies. These fantasies offer a shield from their perceived reality that they don't matter. Remember, they, in their inside of them, one of their biggest fears is that they don't matter in this world. 
And so uh, the reality that they are no different from anyone else in this world is not something that a narcissist can handle. That they are no better than anyone else in this world, they would see that in their own eyes as a failure or as being worthless. They can't handle that. And so these fantasies are a survival skill against that. Again, we're talking about survival skills here. Number three, they believe that they're special and they can only be understood by other special people. Well, this ties right in with the previous two. They cannot accept that they are not special in this world. I'm sorry, but no matter who you are, you're no different than anyone else in this world. There's, there's, you know, you still put your pants on the same way. You still go to the doctor the same way. You still eat your food the same way. We're all in this together. And no matter who you are, you're not any better than anyone else. You might've had better circumstances that put you in a, in a different place in life, but some people would argue they're worse circumstances. So you're just no better. Well, narcissists can't handle this. They become extremely defensive to anyone who challenges this. I have heard narcissistic people describe their internal world as a constant fight or battle. On one side, they believe they're worthless. They believe that they're bad people on the inside and they want to hide this from the world. And so they live behind a mask. With that mask in place, they firmly believe that they are special and unique. And they will defend this self-image with fierceness, which is where the survival skill comes out. The survival skill is that defensiveness, the yelling, screaming, throwing things, rage, as well as the, the calculated circular conversations, the manipulations, um, even the shutting down and making a scene. It, usually the shutting down is more of a making a scene of how hurt they are. With these, these circular conversations and these manipulations, they're used to confuse the other person and turn everything against them so that in the end, the narcissistic person can maintain their specialness and their uniqueness. Again, this is a survival skill. It's just like what we've been talking about, the defensiveness and, and the shutting down and the yelling and screaming. Number four requires excessive admiration. They learn to manipulate our feelings. If they show that they are hurt, they know that we will feel sorry for them and we will work to boost them back up. In fact, it is generally accepted that most narcissistic people will seek out partners who are extremely empathetic and compassionate. The covert narcissist skill of playing that victim role is extreme. And it feeds right into this. They feast on those words of admiration and praise that their victim offers to counter their sullenness and apparent despair. So their manipulation of this, their manipulation of our feelings is a survival skill against their internal feelings of worthlessness or even just a lack of specialness. Number five, they have a sense of entitlement. As we know, somewhere in the past, you know, um, we know that they were severely damaged or hurt at a, at a young age and too young to handle things maturely and, and without genuine love to help them through it. And so they learn that being vulnerable hurts and they fight against this intensely. They simply are unable and unwilling to make themselves vulnerable. So everything they do, again, is a survival skill to protect against that vulnerability. They see everyone else as being vulnerable and weak, and so they must be above this. And entitlement keeps them above this. It keeps them above everyone else. So they don't experience the same things as everyone else does. You know, um, they, they are better. They are beyond all of this. And so they, they don't have to ever be vulnerable and weak because that's, you know, that just, that's a weakness that they can't handle. 
Number six, interpersonally exploitative. Now, that's a that's a big one in regards to the survival skills. They take advantage of others in order to achieve their own end. And this sums up, in fact, all the survival tactics of manipulation. They're twisting and turning things constantly to their advantage. This is absolutely a survival skill. I mean, think about your own situation for a minute. Let's take a step back and look. So you're a victim of covert narcissistic abuse. Have you ever tried to manipulate things to make the environment the way you want it to be? Have you ever tried to kind of control things or work, you know, beforehand or or kind of under the under the radar to make sure that things go in a in a good direction, what you see as a good direction? And maybe that's, you know, a peaceful direction, a happy direction. I'm not saying it's not a good thing, but that's manipulation. You're trying to control things so he or she doesn't get upset or angry. And it might be what's best for everyone involved as you see it, but it's still manipulation. I'm not judging you. Please understand that. I'm just saying that this is a survival skill because you are living in a turbulent environment. Well, the covert narcissist has learned to do this also. And in fact, they did it long before you did because they brought this then into your relationship. But for the covert narcissist, it's a survival skill, but they don't know how to turn it off. They don't know how to not manipulate things when they're in a peaceful environment. Their home should be a peaceful environment. This should be where they feel safe, but they don't know how to feel safe. They can't. And, and to turn off these survival skills would make them vulnerable. And we already said they cannot do this. Number seven is lacking empathy. So accepting and caring for the feelings of others requires one to be genuine and open. In other words, vulnerable. Again, we keep coming back to that. The lack of empathy is a tactic, a survival tactic from the covert narcissist to avoid vulnerability. If I don't ever have empathy for another person, I don't ever have to make myself vulnerable to that person. And, and as victims, we do this too. We do it when we no longer have empathy for our abuser. Remember, it's a survival skill. We shut down. It's very understandable. But we no longer have empathy for them because every time we show empathy, we get burned. You get burned over and over. Every time you try to show compassion to this person, every time you try to, every time you allow yourself to be vulnerable to them. So you quit doing it. Well, all of a sudden you feel like you're the one lacking empathy. We're going to go into how this all turns around now and makes you feel like the narcissist in just a minute. Number eight, they are often envious of others and believe that others are envious of him or her. You know, jealousy is absolutely a survival tactic. What you're trying to survive is the panicked fear of abandonment on the inside. So instead of building trust and relaxing in this relationship, one creates a false scenario where they are the victim because they did not receive someone's attention. So voicing that jealousy, when they voice it to us, that's a tactic. It's a survival tactic that brings the target back and keeps them close to their side. Because, you know, don't you ever do that again. And, and it, it'll rope them back in and keep them right there at their side. So again, it's a survival tactic to put things back where they want it to be. Number nine, the last one is they'll show arrogant and haughty behaviors and attitudes. This goes right along with all that I've already said. It's yet another survival skill so that they can survive that internal world that's full of fear, the fear of being abandoned, the fear of being a failure, the fear of being worthless, all of this. A, a lot of narcissism is driven by these fears. 
And so they, they survive these fears by creating all these, all these tactics and these tactics are manipulation. So this covert narcissist in your life has put you into an environment where you over time begin living from your own survival skills. The trauma responses that we've been talking about in this series, I say again, these are normal and healthy responses to an abusive environment, but they are survival skills that you are building. And one large problem is that they can look an awful lot like the survival skills that narcissists live by. And, and they're kind of just glimpses of it, but they are not your entire being. However, these glimpses can leave so many victims confused and worried. Let's dive into this just a little bit more. The victim has been made to feel that they do not matter in this world. We've talked enough about covert narcissism that I hope you understand that. Their feelings, their thoughts, and their opinions, they don't matter. And in order to counter this, you have to push some to make sure that you matter. And this can look and feel a whole lot like that exaggerated sense of self-importance that the narcissist is portraying. Now, I want to be clear here. I'm not saying that it is an exaggerated sense of self-importance. You are allowed to matter in this world. But you, as a victim, who is not, you know, if you're not self-promoting or convincing others that you're important, you're just being erased in this world by the covert narcissism. And so you are, are trying to make yourself matter. But this can feel egotistical, selfish, uncaring, all things that an empathetic and compassionate person resists. So yes, you get glimpses and go, wow, am I just, am I just pushing my own feelings through? Am I just trying hard to make sure I get things my way? No, you are trying to matter in this world that you are living in. It can feel like you're requiring excessive admiration, which is a, a sign of narcissism. But in reality, you're just asking for simple and common acknowledgement. The situation you are living in is not normal. You know, being fearful of becoming self-centered actually pushes many victims back into submission and back into their role of pumping up that covert narcissist in their life. You are entitled to your thoughts and feelings. You do matter in this world. But when you are dealing with a covert narcissist, you have to fight for this right. You have to fight to, to matter. You have to defend yourself for even having thoughts and feelings. You have to fight for these thoughts and feelings to be heard, and you probably still won't succeed anyways. But this fight can make you question if you have a sense of entitlement, like what I mentioned in the narcissistic traits. It can make you wonder if you are requiring excessive admiration, again, like what we just talked about in narcissistic traits. The difference is... You are entitled to your own thoughts and feelings. Narcissistic people feel entitled to things that are not theirs. They feel entitled to control someone else's thoughts and feelings. They feel entitled, you know, to special treatment that's beyond normal human interactions. They feel entitled to treatment that's beyond what we call common decency. And they feel entitled that they don't have to give that common decency to you. So the difference is you are entitled to your thoughts and feelings. Your feelings matter. So that's, I mean, that's, that's okay. It's okay to fight for them. 
but it will confuse many, many victims. Because when you fight for this right to matter, you can feel like you are being the narcissist, that you're pushing your own way and, and being insensitive. It can even feel like you lack empathy. You know, you might be to the point where you have no empathy left for this person in your life. I know that point. I reached it. I had spent my quota on him. I had nothing left. Does this make me an unfeeling person? No. No, it made me an empty and exhausted person. I hope you are hearing what I'm saying. The survival skills that you naturally build in an abusive environment can make you feel like you are the problem. And if you were doing these things in a non-abusive environment, then maybe we need to reconsider this. But when you are in an abusive environment, no, these are survival skills. And they're normal and natural responses to the toxic environment you're living in. You are a human being. You have feelings and your feelings matter. Your abuser is erasing you from this world. And your being, your very being, your core will naturally fight for life. So what is the difference between the survival skills of a covert narcissist and the survival skills of the victim? The difference lies inside of you. You are capable of realizing that you have survival tactics. You're able to see them. You can identify them. You're able to hear what I'm talking about. In fact, you're here searching for answers. The covert narcissists, they have no clue. They have no idea what we are even, even talking about. And this is a bunch of garbage to them. They know no other way. Their survival skills, it's, it's completely who they are. It is their identity. And you might as well be asking them, you know, if you're trying to help them to see this and trying to correct it, you might as well be asking them to take off their own skin. They cannot do it. I mean, come on. Have you ever tried to talk to a covert narcissist about their defensiveness? Have you ever tried to get them to just be genuine just for a minute? How did that go? Did you feel heard? Did you feel like you were talking to an alien who had absolutely no ability to understand what you were saying? You know, in my situation, I would say to my, to my husband, husband at the time, he's now my ex, I would say, hey, can we please just let go of the defensiveness for just a little bit? And he would respond, who's defensive? I'm not defensive. Are you defensive? And, and I'd try, you know, you try not to react to what they say. And I would say, your words are sharp. They're guarded. And they hurt. I'm not attacking you. I just want to talk. And then he would respond, you just told me that I hurt you. You're absolutely attacking me. And the defenses would go all up, all over again. And I might say to him, but, but I'm not. Everyone hurts each other some. I'm not mad. I want to just talk about it. It happens. And I understand that. And it's, it's not a problem. But I want to reconnect with you. I just want the defensiveness to go away for a little bit. And his response would be something like, well, then quit being defensive. I can't even talk to you without yelling. And he's exploded. And this can go on for hours and hours and hours. And if you've been in this situation, you know what I'm talking about. And you never, ever reach a point of reconciliation. But do you hear what I'm saying? Do you recognize that you have become defensive in dealing with this person? I don't blame you. And if it's not defensiveness, maybe that's not where your survival skill is, but maybe it's, you know, uh, that you've shut down. Maybe that it's um, um, that you've been yelling and screaming and throwing things back. Like there's all these different survival skills. 
And I don't blame you. If you haven't heard my podcast on brinkmanship, please go back and listen to that one. They push you to an edge over and over, leaving you hanging on a cliff. And at some point, you have no choice but to react. So my question is, can you see your own reactions? Can you self-reflect and be honest with yourself? Look at your own behaviors. Have you been defensive and reactive? You don't have to defend this. It's okay. A covert narcissist will defend their defensive behavior with more defensiveness. Okay, that's a mouthful. A covert narcissist will defend their defensive behavior with more defensiveness. But have you been defensive in reaction to all of this? It's okay. Acknowledge it. Recognize it. If they could even once acknowledge their defensiveness and realize how much it hurts the other person and the entire situation, how much, how much it creates a wall that is impenetrable, then maybe, just maybe, they could start making some positive changes. Be honest with yourself. Know where your survival tactics are. Don't judge them. You don't need any more judgment in your life. This will just cause you to develop survival skills against yourself which is another thing that I think is going on inside a covert narcissist. Acknowledge that the survival tactics are there. Recognize why they're there. In fact, give yourself permission to have them in an abusive environment. Survival skills in real life, like, like real survival skills, like building a fire and hunting and, and you know defensive tactics, all of this, they are necessary in life-threatening situations or dire situations, but they are not necessary on the day-to-day -day life we live in the safety of our own home. Identify your life situations where survival skills are needed and not needed. Which relationships? Which relationships need them? Which ones don't? Which environments need them and which ones don't? Purposefully choose to not use them when they're not needed. And if you catch yourself doing so, simply stop. It's a learned behavior from a lack of safety. Don't judge yourself. Simply stop. Breathe some deep breaths and let it go. Now I'm going to close with, you might find it helpful to write the survival tactics that you have developed. Write them down. Some examples, you know, you might write down yelling, screaming, reacting with anger, shutting down, not willing to voice your opinion, disappearing from life, being defensive, prepping your conversations, finding 50 different ways to say something before you speak, overanalyzing after a conversation, judging yourself for not saying something better. You know, it goes on and on and on. You are allowed to be less than perfect. You are allowed to be human. Your feelings count. Your feelings matter. Your thoughts and feelings should be heard. And to go back to something I already said, you are no different from everyone else. But therein lies the beauty. You matter. Everyone matters in this world. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, -E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are CNG as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.
The information provided by Renee Swanson and the Covert Narcissism Podcast is for educational purposes only and is not to be used for diagnosis purposes and not intended to be a substitute for clinical care. Please consult a healthcare provider for guidance specific to your case. This material discusses narcissism in general. It does not claim that any specific person has narcissism and should not be used to refer to any specific person as having narcissism. Permission is not granted to link to or repost this material to support an allegation or a claim that any specific person is a narcissist. That would be an unauthorized misuse of the material and information provided.